0: This is the Life and Soul podcast by me, Emma Forbes. This year has really been a year. Amidst the madness, we've all had a time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. I want to find out from some brilliant people what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. I find out whether priorities have changed, whether they've stopped striving to do everything right, here, right now. So please join me for this episode of the Life and Soul podcast. I'm joined by a gentleman that we've needed more in 2020 than ever before, probably more than he even realises, Richie Bostock, who is an evangelist for Breathwork. He's a, he's a revolution in health and wellness. He's a Breathwork coach and author, speaker, and his mission is to make us all breathe more easily and better. Richie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Such a pleasure to be here chatting with you.
0: Well, I, as I say, I, I, I didn't say it lightly when I was saying that 2020, if ever there was a year to breathe, even talking to you, we're both kind of going, sighing, like it's, it's huge, isn't it? Should we start with where we are in the world, COVID and kind of how breath and breathing is something that we probably have needed more than we've ever, ever thought possible?
1: I mean, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, many people will say, what's the big deal about breathing? I mean, I breathe all the time, right? So when we say things like it's something that we need more than ever, you know, there'll be a certain percentage of the population (laughs) that will go, what, what What do you mean? (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's it's simply because the breath affects every single system and every single function in our body. It's the only function that happens 100% unconsciously, just running along in the background without us thinking about it but is also 100% under our control. So in this way, it's unique and can act almost like a gateway into what's called our autonomic nervous system, which is the nervous system that really governs everything that happens inside of us without us thinking about it. So things like our heart beating, our food digesting, our hormone secreting, all these kinds of things, and to be able to influence uh, how it's happening. So when it comes to... Being in a very stressful environment like our dear 2020 has been, um, the breath is such an easy, quick, and uh, quick way to be able to influence your nervous system, to be able to move your nervous system from that activated fight or flight response that, let's face it, most of us are in 24 7 right now, and we're shifting it into a place of rest and relaxation and, and rejuvenation.
0: I think you're right. I think on on many levels, it brings me back to many, many moons ago when I first started in TV, I I took over a very big job from a fabulous presenter. It's one of my dearest friends, Sarah Green. And I remember saying to her, it was was three and a quarter hours of live TV on a Saturday morning. And I said to her, you know, have you got any advice for me? This was a long time ago, Richie. She said, "Um, just remember to breathe. And I remember the time I thought, that's the most ridiculous piece of advice anybody's ever given me because of course I'm going to breathe. Like otherwise, how am I even going to even, you know, get up and walk? And I thought, well, that's very bizarre. Anyway, I did the first show and I was nervous as hell as you can imagine doing three and a quarter hours of live TV. And I watched it back afterwards. And do you know what? I never took a breath. <laughs> I watched it and I was talking 19, and I rang her, I've never forgotten it. I rang her and I went, you're right. And she went, did you breathe? I went, no, not really. Or you hold your breath. You know what I mean? You take a deep breath in, you never let it out again. So as a result, I've been more conscious of my breath, as you say, probably more than others, because there will be people listening going, but breathing, it's what we all do, but it's using it more as a tool.
1: And this is the thing, you know, it, it only takes a couple of minutes of changing your breath in a certain way to be able to influence your systems and how you think and how you feel you know, I think many people unconsciously or subconsciously understand that the breath affects them. And it's even built into our language, right? When something happens that's shocking, you'll say, oh, it took my breath away. Or if someone, one of your friends perhaps is panicking or nervous, the first thing you might say is relax, just breathe, take a deep breath. And yet sometimes we don't, but then we don't realize that we're not doing it ourselves, you know? So at a level we understand that the breath has an effect on us, but we have forgotten how to use it. Just like what you said, as a tool, I always say, it's kind of like the Swiss army knife for the body. And here oh, you have this. Yeah. Here you have this brilliant tool that you can use for all sorts of different reasons that we all have, but not everyone understands how to use yet.
0: I wanted to go back a bit. Cause you, you got into this in a really interesting way. Your, your dad had multiple sclerosis and I sort of know about that because my dad had sort of diagnosed MS quite late on and he went into remission. But I know about that kind of disease that's very debilitating. It's very all-consuming to somebody's life. And it sort of made you research ways as you do to sort of help him and you came across a gentleman actually again because obviously in lockdown what have we done watch a lot of documentaries and tv the great Wim Hof you you went and studied with him and he sort of uses breath but in a different way doesn't he because he does it with that extreme cold tell me how that how that happened
1: well yeah I um I came across Wim because I was researching how to help dad you know, MS is an autoimmune disease. And like most autoimmune diseases, there's no magic pill or magic potion that you can take and it just disappears. It's quite often something that people have to deal with for a lifetime. And funnily enough, my grandmother actually had it as well. And so, you know, we kind of saw how it slowly affected her. And she went from, you know, super active human to cane to wheelchair and so on. So, you know, Always, always very, very keen to try and work out what could help Dad. And I came across Wim Hof, and he has this method. Or well, for those of you who don't know who Wim Hof is, he's called the Ice Man because he has 20 plus world records all related to cold exposure. So he swam under ice for the longest distance. He nearly summited Everest just wearing shorts and hiking boots and nothing else. You know, just you know, absolutely <laughs> insane and. It was through his own training and his own experience that he created what he calls the Wim Hof Method, which is a combination of breathing techniques and cold exposure. Now, so when I came across him and heard about this, um, the reason why it caught my eye was because he was saying this is great for everyone's health and well-being generally, but specifically seems to help people who have autoimmune issues. It has a really good effect. So I ended up going to my dad, and my dad, you know, he, he's an English accountant. Right. So you can kind of imagine if I go up to him and I go, hey, dad, um, this Dutch guy called the Iceman says that if you breathe and take cold showers every day, it's going to help your MS. What do you think? (laughs) He wasn't uh, (laughs) he wasn't too receptive to the idea. I get that. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, you know, I had a good feeling about it and just decided to go with my gut and explore more. So I ended up uh, traveling to Poland and doing this winter retreat for one week. In this tiny little village in Poland where we did all the crazy stuff that Wim does. We're hiking in the snow, barefoot in your shorts, minus three degrees outside. We're s- swimming in the ice water. We climb the tallest mountain in Poland, just now shorts again, minus 19 degrees at the top. Did, was it? It, it's cold. You know, <laughs> it, it's cold. It's not like all of a sudden you do some, something magical happens and you all of a sudden you don't feel it anymore. You yeah. do feel the cold, but what you learn to do is to be able to relax into it and to be able to decouple the panic from the feeling of cold. And what that all of a sudden means is that actually you can withstand sub-zero temperatures for extended periods of time and you'll be just fine. One of the things I'm so passionate about is human potential and yeah. what are we, what is possible for us that we don't realize is. So this was really the the start of the journey for me and the cold stuff sounds incredible, but for me, it was actually the breathing yeah. sessions or the breathing kind of almost classes that we did. And it was my first experience of breath work where we would go into the basement of the hotel where we were staying and we do these deep breathing exercises for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And I just had these, inc- this incredible array of different experiences each time we did it, whether it was different emotions or even cathartic release of emotions that I was holding for myself, going into the most blissful uh, states of peace and calm and feeling a oneness with everything. And, and it was just with breathing
0: it does have this sort of
1: extraordinary ability. I think
0: we, as you said, right at the beginning, we don't realize the potential of breath. It just sounds like something like just getting up and walking or moving your left arm. It sounds so simple. And I wanted to ask you whether you thought it ever, learning to breathe properly or learning to use these techniques, does it ever, does it just come naturally to you now? Because I still find that if I, you know, get anxious, particularly, you know, 2020, And I, I keep going back to it, but that's this mm. fabulous year that we're in. Um You know, we have had more anxiety, more moments where our heart rate is up or there's something like that. And, and I still have to remind myself to breathe. It's something you have to keep going back to because you sort of get, anxiety is so strong, isn't it? It's like, mm. it's almost like the elements inside you fight each other. So you kind of go, oh my God, I've had, then you think, oh my God, let me breathe, let me breathe. Is that going to work? Is that, will it work if I breathe? Shall I try breathing? And then you're like, oh, it does work. <laughs> but does it ever Every come time. naturally? Does it ever become just as natural as getting up and walking?
1: I think it definitely does with practice. Um, you know, Obviously, when we are in extremely stressful moments, you know, the, the body is designed to go into that fight or flight response, right? Like it's actually a good thing. You know, it's just really understanding and being aware of when it is in that, you know, that stress response and when it's not. And when you go into that stress response, it's a survival mechanism of the body. You know, your breathing is supposed to speed up. It does become more shallow. There's actually a reason for that. So it's not like this is a dysfunctional bad thing. But when you can, I guess, sort of rationally understand for yourself, you know what, I don't need to be in the stress response right now. I know I've been triggered and my emotions are running high, but I'm safe and I'm okay. Everything's fine. I can just bring myself down. Then you bring in the breath and relax. And the more and more that you are able to catch yourself each time, the, the, the quicker um, you are able to bring yourself out of that state. And eventually, and this is kind of maybe a bit down the track for some people, or maybe a bit sooner for some people, you start to be able to notice your breath even before you notice how you feel. So what I mean is imagine if something happens and it triggers you. And even before you realize you've been triggered, you notice that your breathing has changed. And then you go, oh, my breathing's faster, shallow. Maybe I've started to hold my breath, perhaps. What's going on? Oh, it's because I feel this. And then you can start to do a little bit of inquiry as to what's going on. Start to slow down your breathing or change your breathing if you want to take yourself out of it. Um, It does become something uh, a very introspective way to really understand what's happening with you. Well, I think
0: your book, Exhale, and also Flourish, the app, you, you've also managed to do it because I obviously, you know, I interview people with self-help books and, and, you know, I'm so thrilled if I can find one that's properly easy to follow and something that's achievable. Cause often they're not, you know, often you buy something you're like, I just, I haven't got past exercise two and there's 40 of them, you know, but actually I would say both of those tools you've given, you've really done it in a way that people can understand and you've really done it where you go, wow, I can actually do this and see the results and fast, which I think again, we all love a quick fix. We all love something, but to have something um, that we can do at home, not have to see a doctor, not go anywhere to go and do it is, is sort of incredible.
1: That's why breathwork has become such a, I always say it's become the tool of our time because all of us have been stuck in our homes and stuck in our houses. We haven't been able to go to the gym or be able to see a lot of the amazing practitioners that we might see for various reasons. And so how can we self-soothe? How can we self-heal? How can we self-regulate? Well, the breath you know, we can all do it as long as you have at least one working nostril, one working mouth and one working lung, then you can do some form of breath work and it doesn't matter where you are. You can, in fact, you know, I used to do a lot of um, classes in London and some of the feedback I've been getting as everything has shifted online is that people prefer it because they get to kind of snuggle up in their favorite blanket on their couch with the tea and light candles and create their own little ambiance. and so that's why it's been so brilliant and Actually, why I think breathwork has uh, really blown up in the last eight or nine months or so.
0: I think it has because just pre-lockdown, I've got this amazing girlfriend in LA. You know, you've always got somebody that opens your mind to other things, and she said, "I'm going to take you with me to this class, and you just have to be prepared to just let everything go." Emma, I was like, "Okay, okay," and I'm quite, I'm quite open to that. But I went to this breathwork class, and it was so extraordinary. All I can tell you is it was a sort of, it was a way of doing this breathing that you kept doing to to, to music at at a sort of pace. Mm. And all I can tell you is my hands went into a spasm, right? They literally Mm. like, well, there were about, I think there were probably maybe eight or 10 of us in the room. One woman was like curled up in a ball crying. Somebody else said her, you know, everything went blurry for like five minutes afterwards. My hands, I couldn't straighten my hands. And afterwards this lovely teacher came to me and he said, that's all about letting go. Like you've, that's a sort of a letting go thing. But this breath work was extraordinary. Like it blew my mind that power. I mean, it absolutely blew my mind. She said, and I knew it. And then tragically lockdown happened. And obviously I haven't done that class again but i've i've been doing you know your exercises and i really do try and do it because i do think it's a it's a properly good tool to just try and sort of level one out and and also get I feel like sometimes if you can really focus on it, it sort of goes, it's almost like you can visualize it going to every single bit of you. You kind of go, let me Mm -hmm. breathe it into all those organs. Because with COVID, we all want bits of us to be healthy. We're like, it's all about the lungs, you know, so we've got to keep those lungs healthy. So I'm like, let's breathe into those lungs. Are you a big fresh air advocate as well? Or does it not really, you know, is it just the breathing wherever you are? Or do you think fresh air? I mean, what is it about fresh air? Do we think that's, is that the cold thing or is that?
1: No, I, I mean, the quality of the air is so important because it creates a, a um, much better environment for your lungs to be able to to transfer the gases that keep you alive, being oxygen and carbon dioxide. But even if you uh, in a place like, for example, you know, I, I currently live in the middle of London, which does not have the freshest yeah. of air, you know, no matter how many plants and air purifiers you have in your house, you're probably still not getting the same quality of air as if you were by the sea, for example, or in a, in a um, somewhere beautiful in nature. Um, in which case, breathing through the nose and really focusing on making sure you breathe through the nose as much as possible is really, really important because the nose actually acts as our own inbuilt sort of air conditioner. So it, it actually humidifies the air, it heats it up a little bit and it filters out for particles and even for germs and viruses all these kinds of things. And so especially in a culture now of wearing masks a lot of the time, just really trying to make sure you breathe through your nose while you're wearing a mask is crucial because when you're wearing a mask, you are exhaling out humid air. That humidity starts to group and catch on the inside of the mask and very, very quickly within minutes starts to create a beautiful environment for bacteria to grow you need to really make sure you're consciously breathing in and out through your nose. Cause that just helps to filter the air as it comes inside of you.
0: That was literally um, going to be my next question was about the mask wearing. Cause I've noticed that when I'm wearing a mask, my breathing is different. I think for a lot yeah. of people, cause I think it's, it's quite, it's claustrophobic. Mm. It is warmer air. You're, you know, I guess that's what you mean mm. by humid. So if you're inside yeah. in a shop or something, you feel quite, it's quite overwhelming, isn't it? To sort of, to keep and so breathing through your nose you think might help that a bit because I guess yeah I probably do breathe through my mouth when I'm in a mask because you're trying to sort of blow it away from you
1: mask a little bit of a lose-lose situation really all I say is when you're wearing one breathe through the nose and wherever it's safe to not wear one take it off yeah, no. I read um. something very
0: funny the other day. Some there was something on Instagram made me laugh so much. It said, Does everybody else take off their mask? When you when you're somewhere you can take off your mask, do you take it off like they do in Grey's Anatomy post-an operation? You know how in Grey's Anatomy or any of those medical programs they walk out of a then they sort of rip it off, going, exactly. oh, I did it. <laughs> and I thought, no, we all do that. We get somewhere and we're like, yes, take that off. <laughs> I, I honestly like that.
1: I'm take, get this thing off me, you know? And uh, the thing that I just hope is the case is that I just hope that people don't get into a habit of being so used to wearing the mask because, and I caught myself doing this the other day where I walked out of a shop wearing the mask. And I usually, as soon as I get out and in the UK, you know, we don't need to wear them in, in yeah. outdoor areas so you can take them off straight away. So usually I take them off. And I think I walked for about two minutes before I realized I still had it on. It was like, no, 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 get it off, get it off. Because I don't want to get into the habit of it, you know? I Do it know. for the moment because it's safe and you, you know, but I just don't want it to, you know, become a thing.
0: <laughs> no, I get it. I I no, I get it. You have to keep thinking of Grey's anatomy and then you'll rip it off. Yeah, to that's of it. I'm gonna
1: use that every time now. I'm gonna use that every single time. <laughs>
0: but I wanted to ask you about another breath that you talk about, which is the the power of the yes breath that really got to mm. that thing where when you say, you, you explain it, what the yes yeah. breath
1: is. So this is all about making decisions and helping you to go past the the monkey mind, the analytical mind that can always, is always buzzing in the background and saying, oh, I could do this or I should do that, I don't know which way to go. And it's more about tapping into your intuition and going with your, some people call it the gut feeling. Um, but what we can do is we can use the breath to help us to be able to tap into that intuition. And there's a, there are many, many um, modalities and techniques that talk about using the body as a um, almost like as a tester to decide whether something feels good or feels bad. So you may have heard of um, things like in kinesiology, they'll do muscle testing and this sort of thing. It's kind of the same thing. So what it is, is... You need to first develop a baseline of what a yes breath feels like and what a no breath feels like. So the easiest way to do this is to first say a statement that is obviously true. So I can say, my name is Richie, pause for a moment and then just take a nice slow inhale through the nose and relax out through the mouth. So I would go, my name is Richie. and really pay attention to what that breath feels like. And you might wanna do it a few times just to really find out how it feels. And then say a very obvious false statement and do the exact same thing. So I might say, uh, my name is James. And then do the exact same breath and maybe repeat it a couple of times. And then maybe go backwards and forwards between the two. My name is Richie, breathe. My name is James, breathe. And what you'll notice if you start to really pay attention is that the breath feels different. You'll feel perhaps a restriction somewhere in your throat or even in your nasal cavities. You might feel a tightness in your chest on the nose, on the uh, on the no breath. You'll notice some sort of physical difference. It might be a physical sensation or it might even just be a feeling of some sort. You might just, some people actually when they get silent and just do that breath, they almost hear like a yes or a no in their mind, you know? Um, So now you can use it to help you to make decisions. So whether um, you, uh, let's say you're in a relationship and it's maybe a bit rocky and you're not sure if this is good for me or bad for me, you can say, you know, I am happy in this relationship and breathe. And you might like or not like what you hear, but you know, (laughs) but it helps you to start to to tap yeah. into the truth.
0: Yeah. No, I think I as I say that you know that time that I did that breathing class and did a, a certain method and and my you know it had a physical effect. You talk about a tightening somewhere my hands. I could you know it really got to my hands and we all talked about it afterwards how it was very relevant to each of us, what we were trying to, you know, the woman that was a bit sort of woke up and went, you know, I fit, everything looks a bit blurry. She was trying to make a really hard decision on something. And it, it sounds she woo-woo when see, I describe yeah. it, but we all sort of came out of it at the end going, wow. And I think that particularly at the moment, people have found, you know, sleeping an issue. And again, breathing for that as well, I think can be really beneficial now to try and sort of lower your... Heart, is it lowering your heart rate or is it just sort of helping with the relaxation?
1: Well, they're, they're one and the same. So yeah. when you are in operating out of what's called the, the parasympathetic nervous system or the relaxed branch of your autonomic nervous system, we call this your rest and digest branch of your, your nervous system or your rest and digest response. One of the things that you'll notice is that your breathing slows down, your heart rate slows down. So, yeah, you know, it's incredible for sleep because for so many of us, you know, we live such a fast paced lifestyle, constantly bombarded by information, whether it's through um, texts and social media and emails and news. And, you know, it's we we live in a, a very information heavy world and that constant stimulation causes us to be in our stress response, even without us knowing about it to some degree. And it's one of the main reasons why so many of us struggle to sleep is we develop this very rigid nervous system where our nervous system can't remember how to go back into relaxation. Like, have you ever gone on on a vacation, for example? And maybe you're in Thailand and you lie on the beach and you're like, "Wonderful time to relax," but I can't switch off. You know, you still (laughs) feel tense and you still feel that kind of you know you still want to go. It's because your nervous system is still, even though you, in your environment has changed and now you're allowed to relax, but your nervous system doesn't know how to. And it takes three or four days before all of a sudden, oh, actually, I remember how to go back into relaxation now. So we can use the breath very quickly to help us to train our nervous system to go back. And one of my favorite techniques for sleep is something that I call ladder breathing. And it combines two things. One, a slowing down of the breath, which has been shown to help you to go back into your parasympathetic nervous system, to be able to help you to relax essentially. And also it involves counting the breath, but also changing the counts of the breath. So it really starts to occupy your mind. So you can't think about what happened throughout the day or what you have to do tomorrow, which is again, another thing that people Mm -hmm they ruminate on as they try and fall asleep. So it goes a little something like this breathing in and out through the nose. You can breathe in. Let's start with maybe four seconds or so. So inhaling for four seconds and then exhaling for four seconds and repeat this a few times until it feels easy and comfortable and then go up to five seconds and repeat five seconds in five seconds out a few times. See if that's comfortable. If that feels good, Go up to six seconds, see how six feels. And what you're doing is you're really paying attention to what's happening in your body. Oh, can I do six seconds or is this a struggle? Oh, I think I can do it. Oh, I went a bit fast that time. I think I need to slow it down on the next one. So you're being very present and using your breath as an anchor into the present moment. And you can go up to seven seconds. You can go up to eight seconds, nine seconds, 10 seconds. You can come back down the ladder. But generally what happens is, you know, after a few minutes of Breathing and maybe getting up to six or seven seconds, people are just asleep anyway. Yeah, um, it's a really great technique.
0: No, I think I think as I say, I think your techniques are, are, are brilliant, truly brilliant, and I love the way you've put them in the book. I love the way you've put them um, in the app. And I just think that it's so great to have something that we can just do ourselves. It doesn't cost money. You don't have to leave your home. As you say, you can make your own little breathing cocoon. You can have it like whatever way you want it. And, and we can maybe reprogram ourselves, which I sort of feel is what we're going to have to do after this, uh, you know, post COVID new normal, whatever the heck it's called, but is reprogram ourselves to, to deal with this extraordinary life and the extraordinary situations. And so to me, this just seems like such common sense, but it's not something that, that in this modern world, as you say, with social media and everything, and like, everybody's so used to a tablet, oh, I can't sleep, what do you take? Oh, I take melatonin. No, I don't take melatonin, I take this, I do this. How great if we could just say, I actually lie down and I focus on my breathing and I do that until I fall asleep. It would just be incredible you know, to have more of that.
1: You absolutely nailed it. And that's what makes me so excited about it is that this is giving people power back over themselves. So rather than having to rely on something outside of them in order to be able to change their state or to feel a certain way or think a certain way, they're using something that's inside their inner technology to be able to make the changes. And how empowering is that? We're, we're, yeah. we're gaining sovereignty, back over ourselves. And I can't tell you the amount of people I've worked with who, let's say, have suffered with depression or chronic anxiety, who have been on medication for years, who have been able to come off that medication just because they learned how to breathe correctly. The amount of people who I've met and worked with who have had terrible addiction problems to hard drugs, really hard drugs, who have been able to come off it because of breath work. And, and
0: I should go back to your dad. It helped your dad with MS, didn't it? And yeah. Really- so,
1: so, so since he began doing his breath work every day and cold showers, which is the most simple way of getting some cold exposure in every day, the progression of his MS completely stopped in his tracks. To, mm-hmm. to deal with pain, all these things where we've been so conditioned to believe I need to take a magic pill in order to yeah. be okay, we have that technology within us already. We just need to be able to access it. That's all.
0: Yeah, and I think we've forgotten. I mean, so if 2020 has taught you as a person anything in this whole period of time, what what do you Hmm. think it's taught you?
1: (laughs) Oh gosh, I mean, there are so many. But one thing that I would love, I think is just very relevant for everybody. So I'll I'll share this one. Um, You know, we don't really know how long this chaos is going to last for. And what I would say is that this is my sense and my intuition is that it's a few years at least, you know, with repercussions permanently for the rest of human history. But, but, and this next few years is probably going to be, you know, very up and down. And so what I think we need to really start to become comfortable with is this idea of being okay with the unknown, being okay with discomfort and being okay to be okay. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but that's fine as human beings, we crave control. Many of us will crave control, will crave familiarity. These are the things as I think, as these are gonna be the big lessons for us that we need to learn to be able to let go of that and to be happy in the moment, to be able to set ourselves up and be sensible for the future, but be also very comfortable with the idea that it could all change in an instant. Yes. <laughs> so comfort in the unknown, yes.
0: So let me tell you, Richie, we're gonna need your breath work for that. Cause even even hearing you say that, I'm like, I'm so there. It is. It's 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 being comfy, being very not comfy, you know, and yeah. and just sort of going with the flow, which you know, most of us, whether we like to admit to or not, we're used to things happening. We we don't we don't haven't had travel stopped. Like that doesn't happen. You know, even delays on planes used to make everybody go, Oh, you believe it? I had to sit on the runway for like an hour. Now you're like, you can't even get to the runway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I'm very lucky to be surrounded by some really interesting, we can say, you know, spiritual teachers and masters and and people who um you know look at the world a little bit differently. And I was having a conversation with one of them and he was actually saying that he doesn't think that it's ever going to return back to any kind of normal in the sense of having the, the kind of routine that we yeah. have become so familiar to having and being so used to having that actually what is going to be happening now is a whole new way of existing where we as human beings have to learn to be incredibly fluid and that's we talk about new normals. that's the new normal yeah. you know which is i know for many people going to be the scariest thing ever but hey, you know, that's an interesting thing, number one, to observe for yourself. Okay, right. I can sit with the idea that I'm very, it makes me very uncomfortable to think that things can change so quickly. What can I do about this? Yeah. And maybe there's some potential internal work that you can do, seek out some advice and find someone who seems to flourish really well in the unknown and ask them what their secret is
0: we need people like you that are the, the leaders in this sort of health revolution. We need, you know, more of, are you yeah. going to do more books? Are you going to explore other areas? I know the book, you know, obviously Exhale is mm-hmm. recent and it's, and the timing is perfection on that front, but, but what's your, what's your sort of moving forward step?
1: I'm doing a lot of stuff online at the moment, and I'm guessing that will probably be the case going forward. Um, but what I would like to start to do is to start to put together some programs of work to take people through a journey of these kinds of topics. Because breathwork in itself is such an incredible tool to be able to make change and to create space in people for something new to come in and for them to embody in their own life. And I would like to start to facilitate more of a journey around that. So I think, yeah, there's gonna be some online courses coming up next year. Another book is, I'm not, I, I kind of know what it is, but uh, haven't physically put pen to paper yet. So that will probably be a few years down the track. But I think in a world where kind of like what you've been saying, we need we need the work out there as quickly as possible, a book's too slow. So <laughs> it's kind of like, I, online courses and, and online presence yeah. I think is the quickest way. and. Once we're allowed to have people together again, you know, doing more stuff in person, groups, bringing groups together, retreats, there's nothing, as you kind of experience, even in that small group of nine or 10 people, it's a very different experience to when you're doing the breath yourself, you know?
0: It really is. When you do it Mm. en masse, it's very, it it is, it's a different energy, a very different energy when you're together with people, but maybe that will happen in the future, but just outdoors, maybe that's the...
1: (sighs) I think so. I, you know, I, I did one session last year uh, at a, a British summertime festival in Hyde yeah. Park. Um, so it was two and a half thousand people lying on the ground wow. doing the breath work. And, you know, Hyde Park's pretty big. So I reckon you could probably socially distance people and do yeah. it outdoors and it'd be OK. As um, you say, it's
0: just learning that new normal. And I think all of yeah. us integrating back into it because we're also used to now as you say it's that wearing a mask and forgetting that you're wearing it it's also mm. having been indoors so much when you go and do something it's quite a big deal
1: you know the, the collective trauma that has occurred from this period of time is immense and i don't think people realize it I mean, there's obviously a lot of people who definitely do and are definitely feeling it but there's a lot of people who let's say you know life has been able to trundle along. Okay. Obviously things are weird and strange and stressful, but you know, they're, they're all right. But I don't think people realize how much of the day-to-day micro traumas that are occurring just because of these little things, like you say, that are slowly building and accumulating. And we like, you're totally right. We are going to have to go through a process of reintegration essentially. And who knows when that will happen I think there's a lot of brilliant people out there who are thinking about this already, understanding that this is going to be the case. And for us to be able to come back together into, because we're a tribal culture, right? So it's tribal species. So to come together again as groups and to, to be able to dance and sing and celebrate and laugh together. And because even laughing, my God, actually, I saw something in the news the other day. They're saying the reason why it's spreading is not because bars, restaurants, and pubs, or anybody is doing anything wrong, the procedures are right. It's because we talk and because we laugh. I
0: know.
1: So it's like, so we got to stop that now. And singing. And and singing. And sing,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: So we can't express in any way anymore. That's not allowed.
0: I keep hanging on to the fact that after the Spanish pandemic came the roaring 20s. And that was all about everybody together, dancing, a lot of dancing, a lot of partying. And and I keep thinking, well, if they did it a hundred years ago, we must have the tools now to get there. And I think with people like yourself and that whole alternative way of looking at life and the tools, alternative tools to the the modern health system, I feel like that's going to have such a huge important place in so many people's lives. I mean, I know it does in mine, but I think in other people's as well and people listening, it's that thing of like we can take control of our own lives we can help ourselves far more than i think we think because i think we were a nation of just i mean if you think about getting a common cold and mm. going into any pharmacy or chemist or drugstore wherever you you are in the world and going in and the array of things oh what would you like to stop the cough the congestion uh, the nasal thing, you could do this, you could take that. Here's something for the day. Here's something for the night. Here's something that gets you in between. And actually, you know, I, I think those days are going to be different. I think we're going to look for things where we go, okay, I've got a cold. Maybe I'll, you know, I will boil up some ginger and honey and lemon and I'll breathe a bit and I'll lie down. And I'm, that's the bit I'm hopeful for because I think that will be a better way for all of us moving forwards.
1: We, we're so good at giving our power away to things outside of us and becoming reliant on things. And you know, I, you know, technology is another you know, great example, right? I absolutely you know, think technology is incredible. You know, it really is helping us as a society. But at the same time, I can't remember a single phone number anymore. <laughs> and you know, my sense of direction is awful because I just rely on Google Maps straight away. And I've just realized, wow, I've really dumbed myself down. You know, and I've become reliant on this. And I feel like the more and more that, you know, we have these great innovations that make perhaps make our lives more convenient, but at the same time, we're kind of making ourselves as human beings slightly irrelevant. I'm, I'm telling you, we are living right now in one of the most important moments in human history. You can think about... All the incredible wars all the incredible things that have happened these defining moments in human history we are in one right now and the next decade is is it
0: i want to ask you a couple of quick fire questions i want to ask you what gives you life
1: people and this has been the hardest thing is in is connection with people real human connection
0: yeah and what feeds your soul
1: what feeds my soul is and I guess this is why I'm so passionate about my work is when I get to see people truly connect to themselves and feel really comfortable to be them. And when I get to, when I see that in people, even if it's not related to work, I just see someone who's so authentically them and expressive in who they are. I don't know, something happens within me. My whole body just gets electricity. and I just become really excited. Um, so yeah, maybe that.
0: That's it. okay. And do you have a daily mantra or a sort of, you know, Thing that sets your day off right
1: not necessarily a mantra but i do make sure that at least the and um, this is a big luxury for myself because it's like i don't have children or anything i don't have a family so i can be a little bit selfish with my time but i'm you know the first few hours of my day are always mine and yeah. it's time for me to be able to breathe meditate exercise read that is my time and you know, I, I wake up very early in the morning as well. Um, so you know, I'm not coming online until about uh, nine o'clock for the rest of the world.
0: Well, I've loved chatting to you today. I've actually been breathing so much better, even interviewing you. It sort of it, it rubbed <laughs> off even on an interview over Zoom. And I, I love the book. The app is brilliant. The flourish app, exhale the book, which is also available here in America, which is super important with the ever, you know, being able to get books via the mail has just been such a joy <laughs> during mm-hmm. lockdown. Oh, Let's nice. be honest. So I've loved chatting to you today. It's been a real honor to chat to you and uh, you've inspired me to to really get on top of my breathing, which was definitely lacking. Whether I'll get in the cold shower, yes. I watch a lot of Wim Hof, but I get in the shower and I just spend so long debating whether I switch it to cold. I've got to just make that switch one day.
1: The longer you sit there or stand there debating, <laughs> that you, you won't do it. You just have I to know. go,
0: I know. I almost need an intervention. I need somebody to just put their hand around the shower door and just go switch like that and then do it. Cause I think, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, but I'm so cold, maybe I won't anyway. But but you've, made, you've inspired me to do that too. Maybe tomorrow's the day.
1: Very, very practical piece of advice for that to finish off is don't even go full cold to begin with. Just make it a little bit okay. cooler and get used okay. to that for two weeks. And just so that you just get used to the idea of switching it to making it a little bit colder. Yeah, I
0: will take your advice. Richie, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Uh, thank you. It's been such a pleasure. It's so much fun and yeah, hopefully I'll come and visit you in New York sometime. I
0: would love that. We'll do a breathwork class somewhere outside, somewhere beautiful. Yes. Yeah, I look forward to love it. that. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review and you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.